The eye test clearly shows De'Aaron Fox and Demonta Sabonis, they enjoy playing together and they've benefited from playing together in such a short period of time since the trade deadline. But the numbers show that already Fox and Sabonis are amongst the top duos in the NBA. And those numbers come from an article written by Alex Crammers from Kings.com. Alex, a writer and contributor for Kings.com, does excellent work over there. Has written for the Kings, covered the Kings for a very long time. He is back with me on Locked on Kings to just talk about how good that duo is together already and what they can be together in the future. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I just wrapped up my eighth season covering Kings basketball. This is year five for me, hosting the Locked On Kings podcast, and I currently work for ABC 10 News in Sacramento. Very excited about this episode of Locked on Kings today. Again, we're taking a bit of a break from all of the chaos surrounding the Kings coaching search. Although at any time today or this weekend, the Kings could announce who they're hiring. And it sounds like it really is a two coach race between or candidate race, I should say, between Mark Jackson and Mike Brown. I've talked extensively this week on who I'd prefer, who I wouldn't prefer. I had a lot of guests on this week talking about this coaching search, which I encourage you to go and check out. But just because this isn't about the current coach news doesn't mean it is not worth paying attention to. Fox and Sabonis, regardless of who the coach is, the Fox and Sabonis are going to be the ones to take the Kings as far as they're going to go. Hopefully that means to the playoffs next season and fans are very excited about what that duo can do together over the course of a full season just based off of the handful of games that we saw them together after the trade deadline and in those handful of games that duo put up some really impressive numbers as pointed out by Alex Kramers in his latest article on kings.com a deep dive into De'Aaron Fox's season his numbers his and Sabonis's numbers since uh pairing together the steady incline in Fox's stats and production, and then the boom of his production after uh, that DeMontis Sabonis trade. A lot of great stuff in this article that I encourage you to check out. And Alex joins me on Locked on Kings today, not only to talk about those numbers and talk about what he's noticed from that Fox and Sabonis pairing, but talk about the future of them together, the supporting cast around them, how the two can continue to play off of one another. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation today on Locked on Kings. Well, it was perfectly clear as soon as DeMontis Sabonis showed up in Sacramento that De'Aaron Fox was a different player in many ways, significantly better in so many ways. And the eye test showed that. But the numbers show even more than what the eyes uh, gave us and remind us just how potentially good this Fox and Sabonis duo can be over the course of hopefully many years together here in Sacramento. And a lot of the numbers that we're going to talk about in today's Locked on Kings podcast, I got from an article from Alex Kramers, uh, the latest article on kings.com. Some of these numbers 
stood out to me just how good the Fox and Sabonis duo was in such a small sample size immediately compared to other duos in the NBA who have been together for a season or more. Alex, welcome back to the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. It's been a, a long time since we've had you back on. I hope you're doing well there in Florida. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Doing well, thanks. So what inspired this article for you? What inspired you going into the deep dive into these numbers? Did you, the same way that so many Kings fans, the same way that I watch Fox and Sabonis and go, like, I can see significant differences. I wonder what the numbers reflect. Yeah, it was absolutely that because we saw early on in the season, De'Aaron just wasn't putting up the same numbers that he did last year. Through the first half of the season, it was about 21 points a game, five assists, which are still very solid numbers. But we saw last season he was putting more about 25, 20, and seven per game. And then when you look at the splits, once Sabonis comes in, Fox is almost 30 a game, almost seven assists per game. So I wanted to really dig into to see just how pronounced that impact was when uh, Domus Sabonis came in during, during uh, the middle of the season. For you, eye test-wise, what is the first thing that stood out to you with that Fox and Sabonis duo? Like, I remember that Minnesota game and, and the embrace between Fox and Sabonis afterwards, almost the relief on Fox's pl- face to play with a big man of Sabonis's caliber. But watching that game, just the ball movement alone stood out to me in addition to Fox's scoring. What jumped off the page to you, just eye test-wise, watching those two together for the first time? Yeah, and it was absolutely that, because you think about it, the trade was cleared officially with the physicals maybe half an hour before the game. We weren't even sure if Sabonis and the new guys from the Pacers were going to play. And then as soon as he steps on the floor, Sabonis, he's spraying passes to cutters. He's finding guys behind the three-point line, not just Aaron, but everyone on the floor. Mitu is getting these dunks, and and, uh, Barnes is finding up behind the three-point line. And then once you see that Fox and Sabonis pick and roll, we got some early, early action. And Sabonis, you could see how easily he scores at the rim. And also how he can find Fox too, and Fox can pull up for, the, for his mid-range jumper. So a lot of things you start right away, and how this can work and this identity with those two players as the stars and the shooters around them, you really can see something special that can happen. It makes sense that Demontis Sabonis being in the lineup with Fox would take so much more attention away from Fox to where he'd maybe have a little more freedom to score at the rate like we've seen. But what surprised me looking at his numbers is the assist numbers for De'Aaron Fox with Sabonis on the floor. Is it as simple as Fox now has a, a secondary primary scorer uh, to play with in Sabonis who can score in different ways from Fox? Or did Sabonis's presence alone open up the offense for everybody else on the floor with them that led to higher assist numbers for Fox. It's a little bit of a combination of both. You know, we really, we didn't have as huge of a sample size because both of them were unfortunately injured towards the end of the year, but just for the Sabonis Fox pairing, they had Fox had 23 assists that led to Sabonis buckets. So in 13 games, 23 assists, about 1.7 per game. Now, if you extrapolate that out over the course of a full season, that's 145 assists between the two of them. Yeah. Now you put that in context, that's right up there in the top five in the league with Aiton and Chris Paul, Trey Young and Clint Capella. Over 82 games, they may not play 82 games. At the same time, that happened without any real practice time, without really having any kind of training camp, without an opportunity to really build this high level of chemistry. So if they can do that, just coming in right away with their skill sets, 
you, you kind of think that over the course of a full season, we can see something even more special between the two of them. Those numbers are really what I want to focus on because there, there's two ways to look at numbers like that, Alex. There's, well, those are uh, projected numbers, like you said, over the course of 82 games. Are those two going to play 82 games together? Probably not. It's pretty rare for for uh, for anybody to play 82 games, let alone your two best players over the course of an entire season. But to me, the way I look at those numbers and what I took from those numbers in this article is the fact that in such a short period of time, Fox and Sabonis were having that success. So, of course, you want to see that sustained over the course of the season, and fans are anxious for next season to, to hopefully see that, and that results in the Kings actually becoming a playoff team. But the fact that in 13 games, you saw that much success between the two of them really before they had practice time together, knew what they were doing together, really understood each other, that is an extremely encouraging sign. And also, as we saw, both of them spoke about meeting together dur during the offseason, getting a little mini practice going before training camp and really developing chemistry between, between the two of them. So you could definitely envision next season, uh, those two guys just having even more chemistry than they showed right away. Looking at Fox's growth over the course of the season, there was clear frustration with Fox and Fox was clearly frustrated with himself. As he said, at the end of the year, he didn't feel that he played nearly uh, his, his uh, to his ability, his level of basketball this season, but that periodic, growth over the course of a season. The, the Kings, I don't think, can afford to have Fox get off to another slow start next year, even with DeMontis Sabonis in town, and hopefully that's something he can correct and figure out this offseason. But that growth as the season goes on, what stood out to you about the numbers with really every passing month almost, with every uh, column seeming to, to get significant increase? Yeah, it was almost perfect when you look at it month by month. He starts off around 20 points a game, shooting slightly above 40%. And as the months go on, both the points, the assists, the field goal percentage, the three-point percentage, number of free throw attempts, number of three-point attempts, everything almost perfectly correlated and went up. Towards the end of, of that last stretch of 16 games in February and March, almost 30 points a game, almost seven assists per game. And not surprisingly, that correlates with when Sabonis comes in. So if you can get off to, to a better start this uh, coming season, we could, we could really see something special because the year before it was kind of, kind of similar. He had a strong finish to, towards the end of the year, a little bit of a slower start. So this, this, this start of the season is really going to be important. DeMontis Sabonis' numbers are very similar, almost identical in a lot of ways here in Sacramento to what he was doing in Indiana, which to me is a great sign. That suggests that Sabonis is consistent regardless of where you put him. He's going to be that type of player. He's going to do the same things for you. His rebounding, of course, a huge boost for the Sacramento Kings who have struggled with rebounding. Uh, the scoring that he provides, his passing ability, the Kings can really run the offense through him in a lot of ways. Uh, what, How important in your mind is that consistency that Sabonis brings to future success for the Sacramento Kings and even the success of De'Aaron Fox, knowing that he has that reliable presence to play with on a nightly basis? Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of impressive because the numbers that he put up with Sacramento were almost identical to what he put up this past season with the Pacers in the first half and the season before. And you can pretty much pencil him in for 20, 12, 5, 6, 7, 8 assists per game. We know he can rack up triple doubles too. And I don't think De'Aaron's ever really played with a forward who is that talented, that skilled all around, who can do so many things. So that that's an, another reason why th this pairing and having that big who can set screens, who can make plays out of the pick and roll, who can finish at the rim, it, it really does work so well with De'Aaron's skill sets, being a guy who's so fast, being a guy who can finish at the rim and also a guy who can knock down that mid-range jumper 
out of the pick and roll and also make plays for himself. You could really see uh, that chemistry and, and the way the two of them could work. It's clear that DeMontis Sabonis has already had a significant effect on De'Aaron Fox, both eye test-wise and numbers-wise, but how about the other way around? To my recollection, I don't think Sabonis has played. He's played with a lot of very, very talented players in Indiana, but he's never played with a guard like De'Aaron Fox. So how do you think Fox opens up Sabonis's game and makes Sabonis a better player? Yeah, he's never played with someone who quite has the same skill set that De'Aaron has. We know that De'Aaron can blow by just about anyone and get to the rim. He finishes at a really high percentage when he gets there, about 65, 70% over the last couple of years. And he's a really terrific shooter in the mid-range. So he can really open the floor for Sabonis. We know Sabonis can obviously finish very well inside. It was about 1.24 points per possession when he was the roller in the pick and roll, which is a really, really high number and very similar to what he put up with the Pacers and as we talked about. As that chemistry builds, we can see that number slide up even higher. And Domas is also himself a really nice pick-and-pop player. So De'Aaron can definitely open up the floor for him and, and really, really benefit him as well. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information with the NBA playoffs going on right now. The latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including uh, MLB as well. Bet online has it all. Uh, you can even bet on the Kentucky Derby coming up here very, very shortly. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can even have some fun with uh, Kings future bets and Kings draft bets, Kings draft lottery bets, Kings, uh, I mean, Kings coach bets that are going on right now. There's so much great stuff, future bets, like the Kings win totals for next year, whether or not they're going to be NBA champions or not. You can bet on it all at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Both De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis not necessarily known for their outside shooting, although every once in a while they're capable of knocking down threes. That area of De'Aaron's game we've seen grow uh, over the course of his career in Sacramento. Took a bit of a step back this season. However, when Sabonis came to town towards the end of the season, Fox was shooting around 40% from three-point range, which is a very welcome sign. But there are questions about whether or not a modern NBA duo your two stars, how effective can they be when they're not necessarily known for their three-point shooting? What do you think about that element of both of their games and how that pairing will be able to potentially overcome that? I won't necessarily call it a pitfall because they're not horrible from three-point range, but it's not necessarily their go-to. Yeah, that's definitely a really good question because once the bonus came into Sacramento, he barely took any threes. I think he took 17 threes in those, in those games that he played. And previously with the Pacers, he was attempting slightly more. As I mentioned, percentages are a little bit below average, what you'd expect down the 30 percentile. And same thing for De'Aaron. He's, he's had stretches where at towards the end of the season, as you mentioned, I believe it was 38% in those games. We've seen him knock down three or four per game for a little period of time. And then it kind of falls back down to, the, to what we've seen over the course of his five seasons. I think what's important in that respect is having great shooters around them. And that's adding outside shooting. It's, we have, you know, Barnes, you know, DiVincenzo looked, uh, looked pretty solid for, for stretches himself. And previously with Milwaukee, he had seasons where he was a really excellent three-point shooter. And adding more guys to surround them is really going to be key for that because I'm not sure you can really count on, on, on Domas and, and Dierrick taking significant leaps forward. I'm so glad you brought up the supporting cast, the players around them. And, and there are two major questions, especially when it comes to the starting lineup, the two spot and the four spot. 
the two spot, I think it's a little easier to see a future with players that are on the roster, like a Dante DiVincenzo or Davion Mitchell and, or even Terrence Davis. And the Kings could uh, potentially upgrade that position this offseason as well. But that four spot right now, that front court partner with Sabonis is, I think, a major hole for this team. In your mind, what type of player is the correct fit in that spot to not only be a front court partner with Sabonis where the two of them can work together, but also uh, fits well with that Fox and Sabonis pick and roll pairing. So what's interesting about that is I've thought about this a lot. Ideally, I think you want a stretch four who can also rim protect, which is something that Sabonis has not done exceptionally well in his career as well. But when you look at the Pacers and what they had, they had Miles Turner who fit that bill perfectly. Guy who can step out and hit the three point shot guy who's an excellent shot blocker. So, and, and, but the two of them never really had a lot of success when they were both on the floor together. So in theory, I think it still would be a guy like that, uh, but you just have to try to make it work and, and see if you can have more success than Indiana did. What does De'Aaron Fox have to do and how can Sabonis help him reach that all-star status? I mean, in the Western Conference, being an all-star is difficult enough, let alone being an all-star guard. And what I've said is the Kings are never really going to be successful unless De'Aaron Fox is either one an all-star or two an all-star snub, meaning he played well enough, but he didn't get the votes. He didn't get in because somebody else is just as good or maybe has a bigger name than him. What does Fox have to do to get to that point? Is it simply just being more consistent with these high numbers over the course of the season? Is it the Kings winning basketball games? Is it something Sabonis can help him out with? What do you think? Well, I think the keys to making an all-star team, as we know, is either be on a winning roster, be on a winning team. You see guys who may not have the type of all-star numbers you may expect, like Mike, Con Mike Conley a couple of years ago with Utah. He gets that all-star nod, even though the numbers may not suggest it, but he's on a team that has a top five record. Or you have just exceptional numbers that blow everyone out of the water, kind of like DeJounte Murray last season when he's getting nine, nine rebounds, nine assists, over 20 points per game. So for De'Aaron, it has to be one of those. It has to be the numbers that just blow everyone out of the water, or it has to be part of a winning, of a winning team, which hopefully we see kind of a little bit of both, right? And, and if he's in that mix, if the Kings are in that mix, they're, they're at the very least in the top eight, and he's putting up numbers similar to what he put up towards the end of that season, over 25, let's say, over seven assists, I think he really could take that step forward. A conversation that I've had amongst Kings fans, Locked on Kings listeners, is does it matter if Fox is the primary facilitator on offense, or if that's DeMontis Sabonis, Fox being the point guard, he's going to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time we saw with his pairing with Tyrese Halliburton that I say didn't work, even though it maybe wasn't enough time, not a big enough sample size. Ultimately, from what we saw, Tyrese is no longer here. In the end, it, it really didn't work from what we saw in their time together in Sacramento. Fox needed the ball in his hands more. So did Tyrese Halliburton. But with Fox and Sabonis, you can see the Kings' willingness immediately to want to run the ball through Sabonis in the high pick and roll because of his incredible passing ability. That opens up cutting opportunities and off-ball opportunities for De'Aaron. But him still being a scoring first point guard, he needs the ball in his hands a lot too. So Alex, does it really matter who is facilitating the offense, or do you think it has to be one over the other for the Kings to be optimized? I don't think it should really matter. I mean, you can use the two of them in so many ways. You know, the things that both of them are capable of doing, especially the skill set that, that Sabonis has, as you mentioned, in the high post, finding cutters, I could definitely see that working. We saw De'Aaron move off the ball more once Sabonis came in, and, and he, he was finding him at the rim, which is something we haven't really seen too much of. So using Sabonis as an offensive help would probably be a, probably be the, the best option there just because you open up so many different possibilities. 
but we know that De'Aaron is, is, is effective as well. So it really, it's really possible to use the two of them in, in a lot of, a lot of different ways. And that's, I think, where, where we could see something that opens up so many possibilities with the two of them on the floor because they are so skilled and have so many different ways to, to both score and, and find their teammates as well. This episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store or your dealership to carry all the parts that you need at affordable price points with different brands, a variation that gives you choices, gives you opportunity, gives you freedom. Instead, most of the time you're locked in at, this is the part they have, this is the brand they have, this is the price, Take it or leave it. Well, rockauto.com removes all of that. You can go into rockauto.com, and even if, like me, you have no idea uh, what's inside a car, or ba- you can barely drive the damn thing. Uh, rockauto.com is easy to understand. You can clearly find the parts that you need, different brands, different price points. Uh, it'll tell you specifically what you need for issues uh, that you might be having. It makes it easy and it makes it significantly less expensive. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts for a car uh, from a car auto parts store or dealership? You don't have to do it. RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer. You can go and explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs today. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. It could be just as simple as one is a big man and one is also a point guard. But from what we saw, small sample size, why in your mind is De'Aaron Fox so much more effective with a player like DeMontis Sabonis than he was with Tyrese Halliburton? Or is that even fair to say? Well, obviously they do very different things. We saw from Tyrese, he's an excellent three-point shooter, excellent playmaker. He could do a lot of really terrific things that can help a basketball team. But with Sabonis, it's just a guy that the type of player that De'Aaron has never played before, that type of big who can finish inside, who can score in so many ways, and also be such a terrific playmaker. It's just, it just comes down to the two of them uh, working together. And Sabonis, he finishes in, inside about 68 70%. And, you know, again, De'Aaron's never really played with a guy who's so effective and who can score at such a high rate inside. So it, it, I guess some of it is just positional um, compatibility with the two of them. Final thing I have for you is what are your realistic expectations for Fox and Sabonis going forward? As as great as it would be for them to, like these numbers suggest, become a a top five duo in the NBA. And I actually do think that's achievable for them. Maybe it's not fair to expect that right away from them in their first full season together. But realistic expectations, in your mind, what are we talking about maybe a year or two from now, this time uh, next season? Hopefully the Kings are playing in the playoffs this time next season. But what are we talking about, about this, this Fox Sabonis duo and, and, and who they are together? Yeah, I don't see any reason why the two of them can't continue putting up these types of numbers. I mean, 13 games isn't a huge sample size, but it's not an insignificant one either. I could definitely see De'Aaron putting up like 25, 7, 8 assists. Bonus putting up his customary 20, 12, and 6, 7, 8 assists, as we've talked about every time he steps on the floor, you can just pencil him, pencil him in for those numbers. So depending on the supporting cast, depending on what Davion does. Now we saw him finish the year in a really, really strong note as well. It's a different question of whether and how well that fit will work with De'Aaron, but depending on the progress that he makes, depending on what this team adds during the offseason as far as outside shooters, I definitely could see this team challenging for, for at least that eighth spot. You know, the plan, I, I think everyone's probably in that mix. 
So we could see uh, this team finally, finally break that drought next season. Huge thank you to Alex for joining me on Locked On Kings today. Always a pleasure to have him on. Looking forward to uh, uh, having him on again in the near future. Maybe even this offseason. After we stopped recording, Alex told me about a project that he's working on involving a, a, a former Kings fan favorite, one of the players from the glory era of the Sacramento Kings. Had a long conversation with him. I'm not going to reveal who it is. I'm going to let Alex uh, do that when that article drops. But I love this player, and I'm looking forward to this article because I might just have Alex back on to talk about this interview that he had with this player. Player, uh, and, and talk about some of the great memories involving this player. So check that out. And of course, I'm expecting Kings uh, news or the, the Kings to announce who they're hiring as their next head coach literally any minute. So I'm dropping this on Friday morning. This could be outdated or there could be another article or uh, podcast later on today if the Kings do announce a hire today. Uh, if they announce a hire over the weekend, I do have some birthday plans with my wife this weekend, but I'll do my best to get an article out as soon as possible, as soon as that news drops. I would be shocked, personally, if we got to Monday and the Kings didn't have a new head coach. That's just my feeling on the situation, conversations that I've had with people. It sounds like uh, the Kings are very, very close to making a decision. So if it does happen today, Friday, then you get two episodes in one day. Lucky you. Uh, but make sure you don't skip this episode. Make sure, well, you're already at the end of it, so you did a good job. Uh, but make sure you go and check out whatever I put out on the uh, Kings hiring their next head coach throughout the course of this offseason. Whatever happens, uh, Kings draft related, the draft lottery is coming up, uh, free agency, trades, uh, tra uh, training camp, all of that will keep you uh, locked in and covered all offseason long. I appreciate you joining me. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>